Welcome along to our latest offering here on the Irish F1 show. As always, we thank our sponsors, PFP Travel, Tech and Tools, Palastorage.ie, Richard Carney Engineering, Deliver It, KSNPM, and of course, Rapco. You can hit us up on our socials on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Irish F1 show. Well, it's been far from a slow news week and certainly far from a slow news day. We have massive news. Lewis Hamilton to Ferrari. Obviously, over the past couple of days, we've heard of the Andretti situation, which we will come to. It doesn't look like that's going to have fruition as of now, but possibly might change. We'll get the views of Barry Rabbit, Richard Carney and Mike Dermody in a moment. But obviously the biggest news, Lewis Hamilton, a close second, of course. The <laughs> announcement was made a little bit earlier for the Sports Podcast Awards. And on that note, before we go a little bit deeper into it, we want to thank our listeners and our followers and anyone that helped us in any way whatsoever to garner some votes. Obviously, it went to a vote once we made the final shortlist of 12. Obviously, people went out and voted in their droves. And obviously, someone is going to win a 100 euro uh, voucher for the one for all side of things. And there's a couple of hats to give away as well. We will get to that one in the middle of next week. We have this episode and we have three or four days in County Mayo for a wedding. But we do promise in the middle of next week, we will sort out our one for all winner and our winners of the hats. Drum roll, please. Uh, we don't actually have a time. I'm only joking. But <laughs> we found out earlier that our little podcast done from the Garden Shed in Carlo with the guys on a Zoom call in various little locations around the country has finished silver in the Global Sport Podcast Awards. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. So not just that, the winners who we would like to congratulate, Oilman TT, Fair play to them. It's a serious achievement. We really, really want to congratulate them. Uh, it's a serious offering, and it's funny. We'll reveal it to our listeners. I had said to Rich the other day, on the way back down from Dublin, when it came to content, that particular submission was very impressive. And uh, if we'd come up short to the TT, I think we'd be pretty okay with that. Um, what we did do, what we did actually do, we can now officially call ourselves the best F1 podcast in the world <laughs> <laughs> because we were beaten by a, super, a motorbikes one. Uh, BBC Checker Flag was third. We want to say well done to them as well. Uh, Sky Sports were in the mix, they didn't place in the top three. Uh, neither did the Red Bull one and a host of others. And I just want to say well done, I think, from us uh, to all the finalists who made it there. But guys, we're pretty damn chuffed about this, aren't we, Richie? Yeah, um. It's a fair old achievement. I know we, we were sort of, when the word got through, the rest of us in me, and I'm sure Barry and Mike and yourself were the same, and started a little bit like, fuck it, we didn't win it. Like, but then after a half an hour, three quarters of reflection, it's like, hold on now for a minute. Look at what we went up against. And uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's a fair achievement. Like, you know, Barry made a, a and an analysis earlier there, you know, it's like winning a Formula Boss race in a Formula V, you know, it's it's um it's a fair achievement. It's it's you know, I honestly, yeah, like in fair play to Barry, Mike, yourself, you know, to to be mentioned in the same breath some of those guys alone is it's it's fantastic, like but yeah, oh first time in my life I'd say I'm ever being delighted to be P two. 
Well, Barry, uh, let's be honest with our listeners and viewers. I think you were the first one to put perspective and a little bit of context on this. I mean, I'm more used to finishing second than Richie, I think. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, um, you know, while I'm painting it to be all rosy in the garden, and we've had the benefit of uh, a bit of time to absorb it and everything. I was absolutely raging to start. I won't like I was absolutely good. Um I knew there was a part of me that in time would settle once I had the disappointment and everything processed. Uh, it's just one of those things where I suppose you think to yourself, look, I'm I'm here to win, like I'm, I'm born to win. And it goes against everything that we paint ourselves for. But you can't help but let the competitive side out every now and then, or at least I couldn't anyway. And I couldn't see past the fact that we didn't win it. But what we have actually done, and you take a step back is incredible. You're the first one to put context on it. How are you feeling right now? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I, I get, look, we're all competitors here of, of some description, so we get it, you know, and, and second, in many ways, is almost the worst place to finish in some, in, but but that's just the kind of, you know, that that's the cliches and the and the sound bites. The reality of it is, as you said, with a little bit of context, um, you know, we, we're, we're, not, we're not at it a whole length of time, and um, um, we definitely don't have the resources of, of those that finish behind us and around us. Um, and it's that bit of context that we need to take into it and, and be very proud of yourself, Kev, but, you know, predominantly it's, it's, it's your baby. You, you we're, we're riding along with you, but it's, um, it's a second in, in, in a, in a category that includes, you know, literally some of the biggest media companies in the world, BBC, Sky, etc., Red Bull, F1, themselves a big media company and um, you know to be even in there is, is an achievement and to, to to finish second only to um to the to the guys at Isle of Man and congratulations to them is uh, it is an it is an achievement and the context has to be part of it um but yeah it's it's second it's you're kind of go gosh nearly you know it's like in the race you're like Jesus if I just break the tenth of a second or a, a meter later I'd be all right but the reality is if you did that you'd probably be off the track so you gotta you gotta um you got to take what the positives out of it, and there's a, there's there's infinite more positives in this than 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 you know negatives. We lost out by one spot. That's it. Out of hundreds of submissions and twelve finalists, only one one uh, one other podcast beat us, and a good one at that. So um, I think we should we should be all very proud. Um, most of all, yourself, Kev. Cheers, Baz. I suppose, Mike, from from your perspective, I mean. You know, unfortunately, you weren't in a position to to get up to Ireland M on Saturday. We know you had prior engagements, and we'll actually talk a bit about Ireland M maybe in a little while we we're on it. So look, we're, we're right lads here now, aren't we? All of a sudden, but um, <laughs> we will we'll chat about it because it has been good fun. But I mean, it has been a magical time, I think, over the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, and all these things are, are are very nice to look back on. But what's where's your head at with the whole thing? Well, I'll be honest, um, earlier today when you were posting, you know, the, the results, I was actually on a, a Zoom call or Teams call, whatever you, something not that dissimilar to what we're doing now, but the content was much, much different. And my whole demeanor and my whole uh, way of reacting and discussing issues was a lot different. And I was actually, I verbally had someone by the throat, if you'll pardon me for the expression, <laughs> Uh, and then I saw I saw coming up uh, P2 and I thought, well, fuck that. That's all I need. Right. Um, and I, and I, I looked at your man on the screen and immediately it was like a vampire with red eyes born into him, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, so it was like and, and, and sort of uh, started to think about it then. And I thought that, the, you know, then I saw who actually had won it. You know, that that 
I think it might have been Barry posted it and it came up a few minutes after and I thought, hold on a second now. Jesus, like, Isle of Man TT would have half a million, I don't know, seven, six, I think you said, Kevin, afterwards it was about 800,000 uh, social media followers. Like, um, that's huge. And if only half of them, a quarter of them step up to the plate and support them in this com in, in, in what was this competition, you know, um, that's a big ask for and, and for as you said for 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 a shed in the garden in Carlo with guys sitting around on on phones and on laptops elsewhere to to be second to that as Barry says it's some achievement and I have to say I'm going to say it in the last few weeks it's been real fun it's been real fun following it discussing it with people explaining it talking to them coercing them into voting doing everything we could for that. But the one thing that stood out to me over all of this, Kevin, and I'm going to say it, was your effort. I mean, you lit the place up. You know, you, yeah. you. There wasn't a trick that you didn't miss, and I don't mean that in a bad way. You just, you just devoted yourself to it. And w my initial reaction, CMP two, was as much about shit after all the work Kevin has done. But the, the then thinking about thing, Kevin in the shed in Carlo. Um, Someone's trying to ring me. Would you believe that? Yeah, um, <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, my life. But yeah, um, but like to, to look at P two and who we were P two and who we put behind us. You know, who we put behind us. You know, if if I know as Richard said, nobody likes P two initially. But um, you go out in the track in your race and you put superstars behind you, uh, and they have a budget that absolutely makes you feel like the pauper when you're in the paddock. That's a good feeling, and we've all been there, and um, it, it does. It, it's some achievement. So well done to you, Kevin. Um, your effort was phenomenal, and well done to the lads as well. And I'm sorry I missed. I'm sorry I missed the, the trip to the TV studio at the weekend. Unfortunately, I was in a different space with work, and it couldn't be done. Ah, it's all good, man. It's all good. Mm -hmm. But I mean. You know, lads, I think Mike's um thanks a million. I'm flattered by what you've said. And look, we did we did put a serious effort into the PR side of it. I'll be I'll be straight with you. The early M appearance, that is one of the things I didn't try and make happen. That I was approached over that. Yes, I had a contact, but I was approached over that. So I'm quite happy to be able to say that. Um, and there was no real push from the, the TV side. But I mean, there's there's possibly too many to mention, but off the top of my head, Radio Kerry, LMFM, Casey Lor, Beat, Me Chronicle, Carla Nationalist, Carla Live. Uh, the Irish Examiner and Ireland AM. Um, I hope I'm not leaving anyone out. I think I've got near enough all of them there. But anyone that actually helped to spread the word, even sharing on social media, I mean, that's what, in effect, it was all about. You've given the stats there, over 800,000 to the winners and fair play to them. We've got 785,000 less followers, but I felt like we had the whole country behind us. And I, I thought that was, um, you know, yeah. something that to, to be very proud of and to be very grateful for, I think. A little bit about Saturday, actually. So, um, Saturday was a bit mad. Um, and look, I think when we're here and we're honest about everything, lads, you might as well tell the whole story and give the whole picture. Because I think three of the four people on the screen here had to deal with a, a family bereavement in the middle of all this happening. So we'll tell it raw as it was. And uh, we might dedicate it as well to those who I think we've lost over the past couple of weeks because we all had our own little bit going on. But, you know, on Tuesday, we get word that this is happening. And then I get word that things are maybe not so good in the family. There's someone sick. Follow morning, the poor person passes away. 
Uh, and then your head is completely up your arse. Like, geez, what, what are we going to do? And look, fair play to you guys. I mean, you're more than willing to help and to deputise and Ireland, the end, we're good to us. They we're ensuring that we weren't going to, to lose the slot then in the meantime. But what I'd like to just deviate off on a tangent for, from my point of view, is that, you know, I spoke to my uncle Jar in this situation and he was like very adamant that he, uh, his son Tomas and his daughter Geraldine, you know, they were all very adamant that I go and do this particular thing and that they'd be pretty pissed off if we didn't kind of go and do it. But that's literally the week as it was kind of going for us. Meanwhile, you guys had a bereavement on your particular side. So, you know, we've somehow managed to part that on the Saturday, get the whole thing done. In the meantime, detail menswear have been exceptionally good to myself and Richard. They've agreed to, you know, tug us out for the occasion. And we want to thank them again for that. PFT Travel who've been with us for day one, organise a bus and uh, bring us up. I mean, we were, uh, what does, what does, uh, what does Gunter say? We were treated like, fucking rock stars in fucking <laughs> fairness I mean we felt like a bunch of fucking rock stars as opposed to a bunch of um, you know what's on the, the opposite end of the spectrum but I mean that was the context in the lead up to it it was far from pleasant and like you know the message would be that I don't think people realise maybe what's going on in you know behind the scenes without anyone's life as such but you know I would like to dedicate it and I think the lads would share these sentiments to those that we lost on a personal level Barry you had a bereavement last year too I mean all these people are in our yep. thoughts Family first, it's most important at the end of the day. And when something like that happens, I think you you, you probably realise it. And I'm going to shut up now in a minute. Sorry, I'm going on here for a few minutes. So it has to be said. And uh, Saturday, I, I just it just felt so it felt so natural. And I think when something like that was going on, I mean, like guys, at the end of the day, family's family. T- 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 TV wasn't such a big deal on the day, which sounds bizarre, even though it is a big deal. But it's just the way the day transpires. How comfortable we were made feel up there. Like the producers, the, the presenters very much made us feel at ease. The operation to see how it unfolds. Two minutes of an ad break. You're on the couch. You've got microphones on you. You're live. Two minutes of an ad break after it. Uh, our driver Martin gets to come in and shake hands with Martin King and, uh, and Shiva. Get a few photos and all. It's such an operation and it's a magical experience. And so now I'm going to shut up. So whichever one of you wants to, t- to follow up on that, take up the mantle, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, like it was, it was, it, it was, it was a great, it was, um, you know, an experience, like you say, life's full of experiences. It was another one onto the list and uh, it was, uh, it, it, it was nice to, you know, it was just nice to kind of celebrate it and, and uh, you know, enjoy it for what it is. At the end of the day, it's a bit of fun and, you know, we get a bit of crack out of, having a chat and we hope the listeners get a bit of crack out of listening to it and a bit of um, a bit of back and forth between us is you know it was all we're looking for and it was uh yeah it was nice to just to, to just appreciate it and richie like the phones were in the pockets like for this is the thing the phones were going on fire as soon as we come off whatever between whatsapps and all sorts of yokes so apart from i think it was maybe me my wife and my mother or whatever phone back into the pocket because uh, it just wanted to kind of take it in and like it was late afternoon, I'd say even to the evening. Again, we started looking back on this, Richie. It was just it was a point, it was the points you wanted to take in. Now, <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. it was the creamy black points you were looking to take in. It's not much. It was really cool, really cool experience. Um it was uh, you know, the the whole TV thing, whatever. Yeah, it was great, it was grand. We got finished up. Um Martin and Sheba, they couldn't have been nicer. The producers, everyone on the set, camera, you know, it just puts you at ease. And, and 
Andy Norris you had going in were gone. It was no, it was really cool. It was, it was you know, it was, it's just one of those things. Listen, tick it off the list. We've done it. Brilliant. Um, and then you know the the the, the crack afterwards. You know, the, believe it or believe it not, guys, first time Barry ever met Kevin in person. You know, <laughs> that was another little milestone we got over. Um, Another letdown for you, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and I really you know, am only as tall as Richie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And this only, is what I was struggling to believe that um, you know, Barry and he's only seven. half as wide, like so. Yeah. <laughs> Not on the track, Barry's, Richie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he said it. Jeez, I'd love to get that still image actually and put it up. But there's one of those still images, and I actually look like a, a father with two kids. Because <laughs> you guys are both looking either way, and it's like you're looking up at the lights. And it's like a baby's day out sort of a job or something. Like, yeah, he, yeah, we're, twi- we're twice, we're twice your age, and we look ten times younger than you as well. Like, <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know if that's a compliment or a crucifixion. <laughs> the dirty dig is the unbelievable says huh? <laughs> but that's the image was a uh, class. But no, Barry, I, I couldn't believe it until I, I saw it. I say, there's no way a rabbit it couldn't be possibly the same height as Carney. <laughs> and I said, yesterday's day was in Gorham Park two days ago. Surely that's where you fucking belong, yeah. not in a restaurant. <laughs> <Two jockeys. laughs> we missed our, start calling, Richie. We might have we got paid instead of paying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, there, there was that. There was that. Uh, you guys meeting for the first time. That, that was special in itself. The whole TV thing. Um Honestly, from myself and Kev's point of view and local businesses, massive thanks to Detail, PFT, all the sponsors for the podcast. Um, those two especially stood up on the weekend. We had our own few trials and tribulations and it didn't. It wasn't looking good at one stage. It was looking good at another stage. And um, I'll just finish this off with Kevin. Like, you really love yourself. Perry, remember the breakfast they ordered? Oh, pancakes. Pancakes and pancakes. rashers. Yeah, posh prick. Holy they, were man, they were man cakes, you stop. No, no, no. When someone when you order breakfast in Dublin City, you have two options. Large or medium. That's your options. Pancakes with bacon and honey. Fucking honey. We were lucky to get out of that cafe alive. That's all I'm saying. We were fucking rock stars for the day. Did you not get the memo? And no one ordered a large breakfast either, even though I was paying. I was absolutely gobsmacked at that. See, a medium breakfast and a small breakfast. Guys, come on. Like, I know you're we're only, and all, but... You're only going on about how small we are, like. Sure, I mean, <laughs> where the fuck are we going to put a large breakfast, like? I like the novice or someone. The, the Dyson sitting across from you would have probably <laughs> taken it off anyway. That's me now, Barry, not, not you. <laughs> you know, wouldn't live back after after paying forever. Mort I Comfort thought you were talking about Mert. Mert Comfort would have mopped it up as well, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just he's quite good to us too on today. It was absolutely. It was he deserves. He deserves a savage thank you as well. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Great, made a, great, made, a, great, made, a, made a photographer out of Mort as well as a driver. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or, or we send our, our chauffeur is outside. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> chauffeur, like mother of Jesus. I was on. We were Barry. We were on the way into the studio Saturday morning, and I said to Kevin, "I said, listen, get him to stop outside. Like, don't even pull in with the bus because, like, we're gonna look like two pricks, just two of us in a big bus getting out. You know, like if McGregor done it, there'd be fucking World War Three over it." What it actually looked like was Richie was getting out and then he had a bodyguard with him. 
<laughs> Sorry, Barry, two bodyguards. Yeah, two. Yeah. Well, one was the driver, and then you had Kev as the bodyguard, just making sure there was you were everyone would kept at bay. If you got what do you call it? If you got the sunglasses or anything, but the makeup was gas. Like, uh, Jesus' makeup. I said, if my wife could see me now, I said, <laughs> yeah. she goes, if it's good enough for George Clooney, I said, if I fuck end up looking like George Clooney, I'll be delighted with myself for fuck's sake. <laughs> but the crack, even in there, like, and the, I can't think of the girl's name. She was a big F1 fan. Um, and yeah, look, not to be singing low people, but like, I mean, Dean Egan in particular deserves a, a special mention because he picked up on the story and he was the guy that got in touch with us. Um, you know, it's gas actually. I dealings with Dean and Casey Lauren and Beat. He trained me in both places actually, funnily enough. And there he was offering it up again. I mean, I probably owe that man a substantial fee, probably at this stage. <laughs> I'm only joking, there was no fees involved in this whole thing, genuinely. But I probably do, uh, on a separate note. But uh, look, I mean, yeah, we'll talk about it for ages to come. But I suppose in this particular episode, we perhaps should probably talk about the second biggest F1 news story today. Um, aside from our own, of course, which is Lewis Hamilton to Ferrari. Um, okay, Barry, let's pick this up. I mean, you were the first one to cop it on socials and, and bring it to our attention. And I had seen Will Buxton mention some big news about the break in F1 over the coming days. It didn't even last a day. It was out and it's been widely reported. Um, what? Try try put this into words, Barry. What is this all about? Retirement package, I suppose, is it? It's probably what it is. It's you know, it's a swan song, I'd imagine, for 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 Hamilton. Um, Vettel said it a while ago in an interview with one one of our guests here, Lee McKenzie. And um, he's everyone's a Ferrari fan, even those that don't admit to being that are a Ferrari fan. And I think he actually continued on the, the statement by saying, if you go down and talk to the guys in Mercedes, secretly they'll tell you they're Mercedes or Ferrari fans as well. And so, so it appears, um, their top man, Lewis Hamilton, Mercedes back driver since he's 13 years of age, um, in Carton, um, never drove, uh, uh, no, that's actually wrong because he drove Formula Renault for a year. But I think after that, every race car he had had a Mercedes engine in the back of it in Formula Three and for all the different McLaren cars in Formula One, Mercedes, obviously the works team, Mercedes engine. So, you know, he's, he's with, with the exception of that one year in Formula Renault, he's, he's been, a Mercedes man his whole life. So he's off the, the lure of, of uh, the, the prancing horse has, has, has captured him and, and, and away he goes. So he's, it looks like what he might be doing is <clears throat> taking the option. He's an option in his um, two-year contract to, to leave. He looks like he's exercising that option and uh, will, be, will be gone from Mercedes at the end of this 2024 season uh, <clears throat> across to Maranello um, to... Uh, He'll be 40 years of age when he lands, so he's not going to be there for a massively long time, but a couple of years seems to be... They said it's a multi-year contract, so that's two years at a minimum. Um, so, uh, yeah, interesting. I think it's great, right? You know, it's been a while. There's, we've, we haven't had a big, big-name driver doing a big move in, in a long, long time, and um, it doesn't get much bigger than this. Is it the biggest one since uh, his own move the last time? Or has there been bigger? It's definitely That's, up there. I mean, well, maybe, maybe Vettel. Maybe Vettel, well, Vettel to Ferrari would have been. Hmm. Ferrari would have been around that same sort of time at, at Hamilton jump jump ship to Mercedes from McLaren. Um, contender, surely, yeah. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's it's it, it was a thing that was much more prevalent in the past, especially you know, kind of the nineties and stuff. You had you know you had. 
Prost to be, you know, like in the space of a couple of years, Prost was in the McLaren, he was in the Ferrari, he was in the Williams, all within, you know, maybe five, six years of a of a time span. And you had, you know, Mansell going from Ferrari to Williams or the other way around, whatever. The other way around. Senna from Senna from McLaren to Williams. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the, these things are they were more common then, and drivers weren't as married to teams as they as they are now. Um, especially the number one driver, let's say, you know, like Leclerc is is a Ferrari driver, um, Max is a Red Bull driver, Lando is a McLaren driver, um, and and Hamilton was a Mercedes driver up until now. So it's it's no it's not that it's a bigger move than it's ever happened before. It's just it's not. It's not as common now as it was in in the past, and I think that's what kind of adds to it. Richie, how do you feel about the most successful driver of all time driving for Ferrari now, and it's not Michael Schumacher? Do you want to rephrase that question? <laughs> no, <laughs> Richie's, Richie's rolling up his shirt sleeves at the, as we speak, <laughs> taking the jacket I, off. Before before I answer your question, I'll just give you one stat: Michael Schumacher left a championship winning team to join a really struggling Ferrari team. And look what he done. Has the best driver, Formula One driver of all time, has he ever done anything like that? No. Well, I think he's not doing it now, no? No. So Mercedes have never been as bad as they are now. When he left McLaren, they were struggling. Okay, so directly you're talking about when he left, at the exact time he left Benetton, as opposed to where Mercedes Hmm. are now, I suppose. Yeah, so that's fair. I get that. I suppose if it lasted a couple of years back, it might be deemed slightly different. Well, no, but listen, um, like I said, uh, it's, I don't know, there's something just not sitting quite right with me, and it's not Hamilton. That was tongue-in-cheek, by the way. Obviously uh, I, I, I know that, I know that, I know that, I know that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there's just, like, this, I think this spells, does this spell bad news for Mercedes? Like, does Lewis see what's coming down the line with Mercedes and, and sees, like, not... Nah, we're we're Mercedes. That's we're going to be at nothing for the next three to four seasons of what to have coming in the pipeline. And has he met with the big wigs in Maranello, and they've showed him what's coming in the pipeline. And and like our Ferrari on the way back, and Mercedes um, <coughs> going to going to stay in in this slump they're in. It's it's. Um, I don't know, there's just something not, I won't say not quite right about it. Listen, I, I'm not surprised. Every every driver, every Formula One, every driver in the world, doesn't matter what you're driving, you know, your dream is to drive for Ferrari. Um, and, and I do think it's quite an on-Ferrari thing to do, like, as in, you know, as Barry said, it's going to be in his 40s when he gets there. Um they surely have some really exciting young talent that they could have brought through, you would have imagined. But I suppose with what Hamilton brings to the table, he, look, he's a world-class, world-world-class driver. And it'll be interesting. It'll be it'll be seriously interesting. Like you're putting Lewis up against um, a probably, you know, Leclerc, Verstappen type, driver you know it's it's going to be an interesting dynamic it is it's brilliant for formula one in the sense that it's the biggest transfer on transfer deadline there in formula one terms um it's it's 
I think if, if we could just fast forward this season, let Max do all the winning, and let's see how Lewis gets on the Ferrari. Get it out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite wise, I suppose. I'm like in not that it's quite wise, I suppose. These things get announced when they get announced or whatever, but what you've touched on there, Rich, the fact that we've actually got to wait so long to see how it might transpire. You know, that is the thing. Mike, is it as simple as just um, you know, wanting to maybe drive the Ferrari, or would you have kind of looked at maybe what is coming down the pipeline? Like where where do you see it? Would it be as simple as like, well, look, it's always been a lifelong ambition, and maybe before I finish up, I it's something I'd like to do. And does he trade that off? at the expense of not knowing what sort of a car he'd be getting into, possibly. What do you think? I think there's a bit of that in it, for sure. But I think we also have to keep in mind, like, there's been a huge element of discontent in the last two seasons with Lewis and Mercedes, right? I know they've done very well at Pepper and over the cracks, but you just look at the difficulty and the, and the longevity around um, discussing their contracts and agreeing their, you know, and and then, <clears throat> like, this, this season in particular, or the 23 season, he took a significant kick in terms of what his driver's value was in terms of his remuneration. And, you know, all those little things, they're all, they all kind of serve to, you know, they, they do serve to sort of undermine you a little or get your confidence down a little. And he, he, <clears throat> Richard is right. Like I, t- I think there isn't, everybody is a secret Ferrari fan, I think. Right. And drivers are, are just the same. I mean, Vettel left. Vettel left on four world titles. Uh, a very, very strong Red Bull team with a with a guy like Adrian Newey sitting on his on his uh, rear wing every time he went out. He left all of that to take his chances with a struggling Ferrari team at the time. Um, so I I think there's a bit of both there, and I just think yes, he wanted he wanted to be able to say he's driven for three different teams. He wants to be able to say he's won races for three different things. He may even be thinking, to take Richard's point, he might win a championship for three different teams, right? He may. But so there might be something to that. I think what's even going to be more interesting is the rest of the pack behind him, how that shuffle is going to work out. Like Albon is out of contract with Williams for 25. He does, you know, he's looking for a drive at the end of this year. Year, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys there that are out of out of out of contract, and it'd be really interesting to see who Mercedes are thinking to put in there beside Russell. But even just to touch on your fact there about Vettel, I think Vettel done it more so to try emulate Michael yeah. Schumacher. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I think personally, I think like Lewis is is having a look at what's coming, like and. He has no interest in finishing P2. He couldn't give a shit about P2 in a championship or P3 in a championship. He wants to be winning. And yeah. if, if he can see Where what's coming, but and even, this Mercedes, like, you know, if, if, if he feels like the Ferrari is going to be a winning car in 2025, absolutely, that's what he's going to do. I think, I think Richard, maybe, just maybe, he complained an awful lot this season and even through last season that he was taking feedback to the engineers, back to the team about the car and about what was wrong with it and about why certain things weren't going to work. And I think you got the impression, at least from reading all of the all of the, the, the media stuff that was around all of that, that he felt he wasn't being listened to enough. And maybe he's got the impression that his experience is going to be more valued as well. Well, come here, he's after jumping out of fucking frying pan and into the fire then, if that's the case. Well, from a strategic point, from a race strategy point of view, but, you know. Well, if you guess married, he won't be listening to that all. 
I'm happy as now. If if is there a question though, um, lads? That basically he's sitting there and he's like, like the reality of it is, is that Red Bull seem to have this this rule set sussed, you know, and and yeah. just like Mercedes had the previous rule set sussed that um, you know, it's going to be difficult for anyone to 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 get a look in, um, certainly this year. And probably 2025 as well. Although as each year goes by, that kind of natural convergence applies and, you know, the, the gaps get smaller. Um, and he's probably sitting there and he's like, right, well, if I stay with Mercedes, you know, it's, you know, I'm not, or no one's likely to beat Red Bull next year in 2025, but it's a toss of a coin who does beat them, if anyone. And, he's just rolling the dice and going with Ferrari because it's something different. You know, I, I don't see him leaving a dominant... I, I don't see him having some sort of background information that says that Ferrari is going to put it up to Red Bull in 2025 and Mercedes aren't. Or even that Ferrari is going to be better than Mercedes in the fight for second behind Red Bull. It's just a kind of a... It, there's almost nearly no downside to having a go with, with Ferrari. Actually, and, is obviously all the things Richie mentioned. It's and, and and Mike. It's you know it's Ferrari number one, and it's a third team. It's you know the the obviously the many 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 millions that he'll be getting paid, and you know the ongo and the, and the benefits to his brand. And we know how much he considers his brand as 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 more than probably most of any drivers. So the fashion it's almost, it's almost and it's almost a, a you know. A no loss type situation. Give it a go. It's, it can't. It's actually very. That's a very interesting point, right? Because when you think about last season, um, the closest person to get close to Max on pole positions was Charles. He just couldn't convert them into wins. Wins, yeah. Obviously, with with, with Car and whatever, and maybe Lewis is looking at that situation and thinking, right, with my experience, with my know how, with what I have, you know. Maybe he's thinking, yeah, I could, I could do something with this Ferrari if I get into it. I could maybe convert it into race wins. You know, it, it's, it's just another dynamic of maybe a thought he had. Yeah, it's, like it's much of a muchness. Like Ferrari slash Mercedes is at the moment, there's nothing in it between the two of them. So why not try the different one? Yeah, you yeah. know, and 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 you know, obviously it's. I, you know, there's there's the the the, the history, the tradition, the passion that the you know the love that everyone has for Ferrari, whether they they accept it or not, um, in the background, um, you know, I'm sure it's a nice payday. I'm sure you know John Elkin, who boss of Ferrari, put you know a nice big juicy number in front of him and made it happen. He's got previous um working relationship with Fred Vasseur in ART, where he won his GP2 title. That's right, um, So. There's a there's a lot of benefits to it, that, you know, and the downsides when you look at it that way are pretty. Like, what's the downside to leaving Mercedes? Really, at the moment, at the moment, not a whole lot. And like, well, Nigel Mansell was the last British driver to drive for Ferrari, so yeah, you no, know, yeah, um, rounds off a, a, a good career, doesn't it? McLaren, Mercedes, Ferrari, you know, and if he can win and be in the hunt at all, I I, I think he'll have a difficult time with Leclerc. I can't, you know, Leclerc is probably the fastest of them all at the moment. And um I think he's gonna he, he's gonna struggle there in terms of qualifying pace. I wonder I wonder how they're going to how that's gonna work as in one and two are are mm -hmm. you know. Fairly interesting, won't it? 
Football is not on field, like that's what it is. Yeah, but then someone said, you know, like I think it was someone someone mentioned it with Schumacher's contract was Schumacher was number one because he was fastest. You know, he wasn't fastest because he was number one. So I I think that that'll sort itself out pretty quick. In 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 any scenario, it's gonna be be interesting to watch, lads. It'd be great to watch. You know, it's gonna be absolutely fantastic to watch. We're all let's be honest now. We're we're already we're already drooling here. We're go. We can't wait for March to come around, and we're going to be glued to that next next year. Right? You'd be almost <laughs> hoping that they just go. You know what? Let's just do it now and get it done with. And, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. do the swap because we don't have to go through twenty twenty four of you know yeah, science but... being somewhere he doesn't. Well, science wants to be there. I'm sure in Ferrari, but you know what I mean. Get to just get it done yeah. and just. So, what's the repercussions for science? I wanted to come to that there in particular. Um. Because, you know, he's in many in many respects. I mean, we all know that Leclerc has been the white-haired boy, so to speak, right? But if you look at what science has been doing, the talent he's had, or he has, I should say, you put him into a top-notch car. Am I getting fucking blinkered here now with the surname because of the of the old boy as well? Maybe I am. I don't know. But like, there is repercussions, and and he's by no means a bad driver. But I mean, if you're offered Carlos Sainz or Lewis Hamilton. It is still a no-brainer at the same time. So, Mike, what would that mean for him, do you think? Hard to know. Um, I'd say, like, he has been he has been really consistent um, in 23 and certainly in qualifying. And he's, he suffered, you know, he couldn't have had much more bad luck than he did, particularly in the second half of this year, our season gone. But what does it mean for him? Um it might mean a lot for him if he's out from under uh, the blue-eyed boy's shadow and is allowed to have a little bit express himself a little bit more. Now, what carries him will 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 have everything. To, uh, will say everything about that. But um, that's an interesting one. Uh, whether uh, it'll hardly work out to be a straight swap. I'm sure it won't. But um, no, no, I don't think so. But but. Um, yeah, where does he go? Is the question. Um, who knows? Who knows? Mm. He he gets on really well with Alonso, um, and we know that Aston Martin's uh, uh, part Alonso's partner in Aston Martin. We know he's out of contract, and he's already expressed an interest in tennis, right? Um, it, it just there, there's a lot. There's an awful lot going to going to spin out of this. I think really. Um, the thing about the thing about uh, Formula One is like one driver move creates a chain reaction that literally goes all the way from top to bottom. So, yeah. um, you know, and the fact that it's one of the top top drivers and names going to one of the top top teams with Lewis to Ferrari, it's you know, it's this. I can't wait to see what the chain reaction is, and don't be don't be too surprised if you don't see Carlos at Aston Martin and Fernando in a, in a Mercedes. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, but the other thing we have to bear in mind is we're only considering the drivers that are on the grid at the moment as well. And mm. if you look at the junior series, um, Kimi Antonelli, who's yeah. the, you know, the, this kind of wonder kid, or he's being portrayed as this wonder kid, um, is on the Mercedes books. Um, he's won four, four championships in the last two years. I should add, he only barely won one of them over our own Alex Dunn um, yeah. in in uh, Italian F4 last year, and only just about just very slightly bet Alex. So just to get 
some some level of what what Alex is operating at. But uh, Kimi Antonelli, this Italian guy who's who's um who's 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 aligned to Mercedes, he's gone now and he's skipping F three this year. He's coming from Formula Regional, um, and he's skipping the next step on the ladder, which is F three, and going straight to F two, which um is interesting and it's own you know he's it's not he's only a kid he's only 18 years of age he does it's not that time isn't on his side um now there's you know there's a train of thought that's saying he's going straight to f2 because f2 f3 this year is looking particularly strong but f2 has a new car and you know it's maybe a, a, an even a more even playing field for a new driver to step into because it's new for everybody there's no learning carried over but the cogs in my head start turning today when I when when I start putting it together and I was going well, you know Mercedes probably knew about Hamilton x amount of time ago exercising this option, um and have they are they trying to fast track Antonelli through F two, do a bit of a max for stopping on it you know just get them get him in get a few results I think he already has enough championship uh, or super license points as it is, um. Do F two do reasonably okay and slap him straight into the Mercedes in twenty twenty five. Could be, could be, you could be, you could be on the ball there. Yeah, there's a lot, but there's a lot of alignment. It could be just coincidence. Um, but you know, Toto might like the idea of uh, his own little Max Verstappen project, if you like. You know, Verstappen only did one season of F three. Um, before going straight to F1 from car, and you know, by that score, Antonelli has already done more car racing than, than Verstappen ever did before getting to the to the big leagues. So, but it's know, a it, it's a mad it's a mad mad sport. Like like Ferrari gave Arthur Leclerc a test in in a two year old Formula One car the other day, and I thought, Jesus, yeah, they're priming him for. You I know. think they dropped him, Richie. Have they? Yeah, the, 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 the last the, days for our, he's 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 been, he's been he's dropped. Ferrari Academy, yeah, yeah, and I, I I actually thought when they were giving him the test, I thought, oh, brilliant! You know, we're going to have a pair of brothers driving for Ferrari, mm-hmm. uh, but no, whatever. Obviously, the test didn't go to plan, but that's what I'm just saying. It's a mad, mad sport. You just we we can try and predict. So let's have can. a go. So so science options is. Um, Red Bull, Checo's out and Sainz is in. Can't see that happening. Him and Verstappen are not the best of buddies by all accounts. No, um, plus Sainz and Checo are too similar, I think. Yeah, so so, yeah. so, so, so Red Bull is probably not an option. Mercedes, maybe for a year, while Antonelli does maybe a second year in F2. And then he could be, he could be, he, he could be a safe Sainz. bet, couldn't he? Yeah. He could be a very reliable, safe bet for Mercedes, maybe. Ultimately, the, the, the ultimately, I would think Audi is a is a, a home for for science, but he might not want to go there just yet. You know, because Audi is not going to hit the ground running, no. you know, for a couple of years. And science, he's not an old man by any stretch of imagination, but he's he's in his thirties. I don't know exactly, but he, you know, and he, he's he a, he's a decent he's a decent driver. Like he is, he's decent. He's very he's very good. He's not going to want to sign up to a project. You know, he's, no. he 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 doesn't have enough time in his in 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 his pocket to sign up to a an eight year Audi project. So maybe he he probably has one more one more top line move in him, and then maybe go to the Audi project. To, you know, um. So maybe he sits in the Mercedes for a year or two while Antonelli, you know, matures 
and then goes across to Audi and you know earns the big bucks and with the manufacturer's team and obviously the synergies there is dad's an Audi driver and just won the car that car and everything so but he might he might he might keep the seat warm for Antonelli for a year in Mercedes Aston Martin as Mike said you know could he go in there and and and, and Alonso jump ship to well, that's 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 what I think is going to happen I think He's going to end up at Aston Martin, and I, I honestly, I think Fernando will end up at Mercedes. Interesting. And we forgot Albon. Albon is probably the Albon. other big, big one in there. Mm. You know? Do you know what I thought was interesting too? Um, it can't be a coincidence that McLaren oh, nailed absolutely. down Lando yeah. last week, and yeah. Ferrari nailed down Charles a couple of the, the same day. In fact, yeah, yeah, that was odd at the time, but it's starting to make a bit more sense now, especially the Lando one. The, the, I think know, Lando Lando was Ferrari Ferrari and Red Bull's first targets. And he could, yeah, think. but but if if Ferrari, if McLaren knew that land that this Hamilton to Ferrari move was on, then obviously they would have thought right. Well, Mercedes is going to be on the hunt straight away. Or, or so Ferrari then, were already on the hunt for. Him. Yeah, for but Lando. Yeah, for Lando. But if 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 the from from what from what we've seen, it looks like the Ferrari Hamilton thing has been in the works a number of months. So Do you think so? Well, I uh, think it it's, has to be. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So and what about been, all the Red Bull shit that they all brought up there not so long ago? Like you know, that's that that that's <laughs> only two or three months ago. That oh, I think, oh, I think that was just yeah, that was no, the smoke and mirrors. That was just a, di- a distraction, a deflection. Well, that was Horner that said that, wasn't it? That was Horner just just yeah. stirring the pot. <laughs> yeah. Red Bull shit. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, you the word, Red Bull shit or like, I think it's hard to call Red Bull shit. No, uh, Red Bull are not shit. It's just that that the uh, thing when they were on about oh, shit, getting hammered. Is it shit to do with Red Bull or is it like the team in Reds shit? Like Red no, Bull shit. Bullshit about no. team in red. Or shit no, no, no. The shit, the shit to do with Red Bull. With Red, with, with McLaren, with with Hamilton going to Red yeah, Bull. Yeah, with Hamilton play. going to Red Bull. Yeah, that time, like, conversations or something. That like was that. only that was, like a couple of months ago. Like that yeah. was probably Horner knowing that he was going to Ferrari and stirring it up yeah. in the hope that someone would yeah. say something by accident. But maybe it, so, maybe. But but, yeah. but McLaren are probably sitting there thinking, "Hang on, now, you know, we know Hamilton's going to Ferrari." That leaves a gap in Mercedes. Mercedes are going to be out hunting for drivers. Let's let's get Lando locked in because yep. because you know he would be big time prey for Mercedes. So let, lock him in before these these um, dominoes start to fall, as Richie says. You know with the knock on effect. So and and similarly to Charles, got Char- I'd say Charles was locked in yeah. before he knew Hamilton was coming along. I'd say so. I'd say so, and I get I get the impression Red Bull were really were really uh, thinking about Lando as a as an option for Checo as well, lads. And I think that's why McLaren Checo is out of out of contract at the end of twenty four as well. I think I think that's why McLaren decided move early and lock that down because, as you said, there was there was at least two decent teams there would have been looking at him as a very yeah. very valuable option. Yeah, yeah. So, so it and you know, I don't think Lando would have went to Red Bull because why would you go to Red Bull so long as Verstappen's there? Because you're never gonna get a fair crack of the whip for you know for just his pace and his he's in debt, he's embedded in that team now and around them. So, you know, 
going to Red Bull, I think, would be a bad move for Norris um, with Verstappen there. But going to Mercedes would be fairly appealing for, for Norris, I'm sure. Um, so, but, but but McLaren have locked that out now, and that option isn't there. So yeah. you've still you still have Albon circling. He's he's um, only locked in until twenty twenty four at mm-hmm. at, uh, at Williams. He'll be looking for. He needs a a big jump up the grid, and he probably does deserve one. To be fair, um, yeah. yeah, it could be Mercedes, you know. But he, I, at the end of the day, don't forget Antonelli is in the wings, and he is. Short of a disaster, he is a Mercedes prospect. Um, there's a thought. Could they put? Could they put Antonelli? Could they move Albon out of the Williams and into the Mercedes? Put Antonelli in the Williams, do his apprenticeship for a couple of years. Absolutely. That's it'd be a bit of a George Russell type scenario. Put him into a Williams for a couple of years to do his apprenticeship, and let Albon keep the seat warm in the meantime. Absolutely. Lads, and, I'm and going to have to call it very shortly because we have to go yeah. to Andretti around 48 minutes. But Arnie, Mike, you can finish out there on that one. No, I was just going to say, like, both drivers in Alpine are out of contract at the end of 24 as well. And I definitely think there's a change coming there because them two lads can't eat. They're like two Jack Russells that can't look at each other. So, <laughs> um I think I think there's a change. There's, there could be a change affected there, and especially if they have money flowing and to have you know these backers and stuff. So there's it's going to be it's going to be this time next year we're going to be having really interesting conversations, and it won't be just about uh, Mercedes and Ferrari. I just feel there's as Richard said, the domino effect of this has gone is going to really really shake things up a little. I think. Yeah, lads, and let and let's hope somewhere along the line our own Alex Dunn gets popped into the mix there. Well, it's interesting that Ferrari have actually they they didn't sign Arthur Leclerc, but they did sign Oliver Bearman, and we both know that our Alex Dunn was able to rattle his chain in in Macau. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, certainly interesting. Certainly interesting indeed. Okay, let's bring it to the Andretti situation. So for our listeners out there, Michael Andretti. Obviously, has teams that compete in IndyCar, Formula E, and Extreme E. If there's anything else, lads, feel free to um, add that next, in Indy Next, our own James Rowe from this parish driving yeah. for them in Indy Next. Right got, for Andretti, um, yeah. Yeah, they've got, um, yeah, I mean, previously they've, they've been in NASCAR, they've had Le Mans victories, they've had, yeah. you name it, they've won in, you know, God knows yeah. how many categories. So, despite all that, um, obviously, there was inquiries made about becoming an 11th F1 team and F1 conducted analysis involving key stakeholders and decided that an 11th team would not on its own add value. This is as reported by the BBC on BBC.com, just to give the reference there as well. And F1 also, and I quote, does not believe the applicant would be a competitive participant now just looking at those two quotes alone lads they seem a little bit fishy to me mike you're a great reader of this sort of stuff what do you kind of read into that and how do you interpret it my initial reaction when i was reading some of the comments in the last 24 hours were what a lot of bollocks (laughs) (laughs) straight up (laughs) no point mincing the words here lads <laughs> you know, that that they've, they've stopped short, a long way short, in my opinion, of of applying logic to their reasons. Right? They've given a very helicopter explanation of why, of why, but th- there's no detail there to say to, to me anyway that that would suggest that. I mean, like, 
they're basically saying that the 10 teams that are there at the moment would, uh, 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 the Andretti team would not have the ability or the capacity to to compete or to cope. And I just think we all know that that is a lot of bollocks. If you look at the, the, the teams at the back of the grid, I'm going to use Haas as the example. I don't want to be picking on them all the time, especially now that I don't have Gunter to give out about. But, um, like you look at Haas and, and, and you look at the change, they're sober. They're, they're not going to be flying anywhere near flying this season either. And Andretti has a real pedigree in this stuff, to be fair to him. And he, he certainly probably would, would be prepared to fund it. And I think all that's happened here is that the other teams are not prepared to split the pot with, it, with an 11th team. And I think that's the reality of it. Jesus, I like it. I like it, Mike. We're here for all this honesty, of course. So we don't we don't mince things. Um, I would like to know, I suppose, I, you know, there's, a, there's an age-old term out there. What was it? He said a lot, but he didn't say a whole lot. Well, Barry, would you go along with the analogy that they said fuck all, but the doctor saying an awful lot by saying fuck all, if that makes sense? I was surprised by the the, the veracity of their comments, you know, and the kind of, they, they definitely seem to be, um, they're not pulling any punches and not trying to be too politically correct at the same time, which is, you know, unique in this day and age. Um, I, I, I thought some of it was, you know, I, I, I there was a few things that were a bit close to the bone, I thought. I think, you know, they're, they're, they were very dismissive of the Andretti name, which and saying that their studies indicated that Andretti would earn more out of F1 than F1 would earn out of Andretti. And that's that's probably technically true, but the, the same can be said for pretty much any team in F1, but maybe the exception of Ferrari. You know, like, there's no way you could put an argument together that, Al, that Alpine or Haas or fucking stake F1 or whatever are, are going to, you know, are bringing prestige to, which is another word they use, to F1 more so than than F1 to them. Um, so I thought that was, I thought that was a bit tone deaf, to be honest, you know, to use that because at the end of the day, Andretti is a massive name in motorsport. Um, not just for Mario's achievements in the 78 World Championship, but for the, for, but, you know, worldwide motorsport. They're a big, they're a very big brand in America. You know, um, and I just thought that that was it was just patently just really not true. You know, we as I said, obviously they will benefit from F1 more than F1 will benefit from Andretti, but that's not the measurement. You know, the measurement is they they will bring more. Andretti would bring more to F1 than probably fifty percent of the teams that are there at the moment can do. Um, however, I do somewhat agree with them and thinking they will i don't think they'd be competitive out of the blocks i don't think any team could be competitive out of the blocks um no. you know there's there's there, it's a stand and start scenario as opposed to the teams that are running running with the ball for a while they can't be competitive out of the blocks so again they're saying that but it's not really a valid point because it could be applied to literally anybody um there would be concerns, I suppose, you know, is there just resources to get the machinery. The manpower is probably the hardest thing to 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 acquire and put into action. And especially in a, such a small time frame of a couple of years before the 2026 season. Um, what I find is actually the most interesting about the whole thing of this is don't forget, this was just Formula One. This was FOM, Formula One manufacturers or whatever they go by this day, saying no to Andretti. FIA have said yes to Andretti. Exactly. So as it stands, 
if I'm not mistaken from my reading on it, at the opening Grand Prix, which is normally Bahrain, in 2026, Andretti can rock up, put their cars out on the grid, qualify them, race them, um, but not get any TV, not be interviewed, not get any prize money or start money or anything like that, but can take place and score points. Um, now, obviously, that's completely unworkable, you know, to have two cars on the grid that are, in effect, visible, invisible. Um, so it's not it's not a complete cul-de-sac for them uh, to to, to go down. In their favorite. Yeah, they've got you know they're allowed in to race. The commercial agreement is a separate thing, and that's what was voted against the other day by the by by Formula One, i.e., Liberty and and the ten teams, the stakeholders as they were called. Uh, so it's not dead and buried yet. I'm going to have to squeeze, lads. Around 56 minutes, we try to keep these under the hour. Richie, I'll get you, I'll let you get a spake in, um, very, very quickly. Uh, two sides to the argument, very, very quickly. I can see both sides. Um, as a spectator, I'd love to see an 11, 12, 13 team join Formula One as a spectator. Um, as a team, team owner or Whatever, I can understand why they don't want the 11 team. Um, takes from the purse, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think Formula One has been totally disrespectful of uh, Mario Andretti, former world Formula One champion. Um, and I think Andretti has the resources to build himself a really good Formula One team. Just give him two, three, four seasons to get himself up and running. And I think that they that, that could be a force to be reckoned with. There we go. Short and sweet. Had to pull the early M card there and keep the 60 seconds for answer. Sorry, guys. We want to keep under 60 minutes ourselves. So I apologize for uh, for cutting across you there. Look, that's where we have to leave it for now. I don't think we've forgotten anything. I hope we've not. But feel free to cut across me, guys, while I tell you all about our sponsors who are very grateful for PFD Travel, Tech and Tools, Palastories.ie, Richard Carney Engineering Delivery at KSMPM, Rockco, of course, as well. You can get us at Irish F1 Show on Facebook, Instagram, and indeed on Twitter. And while we're out here now, sure, why not? If you'd like to partner with the best Formula One podcast in the world, email <laughs> gmail.com. We are open to all inquiries and business ideas, and we would very much welcome any suggestions that you might have to be involved with us and our content. But the biggest congratulations, I think, has to go to these guys around us because, I mean, it's a team effort. So, Richie, Barry, uh, Mike, thank you so much for everything and to all our listeners who voted for us in the whole lot. We will have that draw next week, don't forget. But thank you so much. And we would like to dedicate this episode to the families who obviously had suffered a bereavement in our own families, especially over the last couple of weeks. And we'd like to, you know, dedicate the whole thing to them. So, lads, thanks a million. Appreciate that. Well done. Thank thanks, you, Kev. Over and out.